a lot of companies dealt with this, but uh, we had a lot of inventory struggles yeah. this past year. And uh, we knew that on our site, customers were probably go, coming to our site and not might not find the flavor that they wanted. So I set up a bot, a chat bot, and this is another automation that customers don't know is automated. Um, if the customer was sitting on the page for a certain amount of time, uh, the chat bot would pop up and say, hey, are you finding everything you're looking for? Can I help you find a flavor? So like, yeah. that is revenue right there. Welcome to Ad Creative, the new show from Pencil about the unexpected ideas that have changed the game for DC founders and operators with a focus on actionable takeaways. I'm Chase Mosen. Thanks for joining us. Today we chat with Zoe Kong. She's in customer experience at Chomps, and she gives us an incredible roadmap on how you can treat your customers and make them your best marketers, and why so many different brands are not really thinking about how customer experience can have a forcing function to deliver amazing, amazing growth for your business. This is a really important one for 2023 as we're focused on retention and increasing the ability for your customers to make meaningful revenue for you in the long term for your LTV. Spend some time listening to Zoe, follow her on Twitter, and let us know what you think about this episode. We're really interested. Now, on to the show. Running it back for an episode of Mastermind with Zoe Khan. She works in CS at Chomps. She has been talked about at nauseum by a few incredible friends of the show, um, Ron Shaw in particular. So we're really excited to have um, Zoe here to to teach me a shitload of stuff. Um, so Zoe, thank you for, for joining us. We're really excited to chat with you. Thank you. I'm so excited. Ready to dive in. All CS. Yeah, absolutely. So starting from kind of the, the bottom floor, if you had to talk about customer experience and what that m means exactly um, for people, like if someone said to you, how about this? What do you tell your mom that you do? What do I tell my mom? That's a good way to put it. Um, yeah. Well, what do I tell my mom? I guess the, my mom would be a little bit different, but this is a good question. Um, I would say that I am running the touch points from the customers to the to the brand, and that's like a very high level. Um, and then, it, of course, everything. Yeah, that would be the highest level because everything that the touch customer touches, that's CX. And get, gathering that feedback, helping people, changing things based on that feedback, that's kind of high level. Yeah, that's great. That's great. I mean, I totally understand. It's kind of everything in between, um, yeah, customers and product essentially is, is CX. I think it's really interesting when you think about software companies as well as like even the product is CX because it's like yep. continuously like the feedback loops are there. Um, how did you like, how did you get involved in this and, and what, what excites you on a day-to-day -day basis about working customer experience? Yeah, I'll give you the short version of my mm. story. Um, uh, I used to manage GNCs, so mm. I did the sales side and then of course there's like customer experience within mm -hmm. that too. Uh, but I was leaving GNC. I did that for four and a half years. And I was leaving GNC to focus on school. I was in school to be a dietitian actually. And, uh, but I had met the owner of Ghost um, at GNC because he used to do like all the GNC manager meetings. And so I got, uh, 
I started, I got recruited to work on their support team just part-time while I was in school, just something to do. And I fell in love with support. Um, I didn't think that it was something, it didn't sound super glamorous. I was like, I don't know. I don't want to be dealing with, with angry customers and, but I'll try it. Like it's part-time, something to do while I'm at school. I get to see the other side. I've been doing retail and sales for so long. It'll be cool to see what, like the inside of a company. Uh, but I absolutely fell in love with it. I've, I, it, people might not understand that it's not all, and I've noticed this with all companies who people like their products. It's not customers who are angry all the time. It's usually like 80% fans of your, your, your company wanting, they're usually apologizing that they have an issue if they're reaching out. They're so sorry I have this issue. I love your products, but I'm so sorry. Let me tell you about something. And that's what a lot of what I experienced with at Ghost was there's just there. You're just a voice for the customer. You're helping the customers, but they're not angry. Um, 90, 80% of the time, I would say. Probably even more. Maybe 90% of the time. Um, oh, wow. And so, I, uh, so, go ahead. No, no, that's how you start. I'm, I'm really curious about like what mm -hmm. keeps you. So is that what keeps you going or is it something like being a voice for the customer is kind of the most exciting portion of like what you do? Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. And I, um, there's a bunch of things that keeps, keeps me going. So mm -hmm. I can like do, nail it down to a couple. Uh, after Ghost, uh, I took like a little hiatus and then, um, which was a whole nother story. But then I started working at Chumps. And Chomps is, uh, we sell better for you meat snacks, uh, mm -hmm. kind of like, like, uh, beef jerky kind of snacks. And, um, both at Chomps and Ghost, what I've noticed that keeps me going is the ability to, for, to provide that feedback loop and mm -hmm. to learn every aspect of the business through CX, because you have to know what's going on at all points, because mm -hmm. you have to be able to fix problems. You have to be able to be prepared for mar what's going on with marketing. You have to be able to like have that voice and that feedback while like you have to know everything. And so that yeah. keeps me going because I feel like I learn something every single day. I truly do learn something every single day. And if I'm not learning something, that's when I'm, I get bored. Um, so yeah. CX like really keeps you up to date with like literally everything. Uh, and that's really what keeps me going. And then being able to be that voice for the customer and feel like you're making a difference really makes, uh, keeps me going as well. Yeah, that's great. I think, um, like continuous learning is a theme I hear having done, you know, so many episodes of this show, uh, every single person is really hungry to learn. So that's, uh, that's a through line that I, I find really, really interesting and important here. Um, with that in mind, what are some things that you've been thinking about, um, uh, in terms of like either tactics or strategies that brands can be using to level up or at least like table stakes things that they should be doing on a regular basis to make their customer experience at least passable. I can't tell you how many brands that I randomly will go on and their customer experience feels beyond underwhelming, kind of janky. Yeah. Um, like there's just simple things you can do that should be table stakes for every brand, almost out of the box strategy. What do you think people should be focused on for that kind of thing? So the foundation is really important. Um, mm. And there's a bunch of different things that go into this, but I think the two like most actionable aspects that a, co a company can just look at right away is, is are your reps 
talking in your brand voice. That's really important. Like, is your, are your reps like being humans and like, are you, would you be embarrassed if you screenshotted anything from your support and posted it on your story for social media? Like, that's where I like to look at it. And that's what I learned early on is that with the, with the world we're in, like, you never want anything to be screenshotted and shared to social media to be like, in, be embarrassed about. So it's like, put some personality into it. Teach your reps, your support, your CX, um, the brand voice that you want them to be communicating in. It, it should match your marketing. Uh, that's huge. And if you find that your reps aren't talking in your brand voice, make sure you figure out why. Because I've seen uh, companies where like your the reps are just bogged down with so many tickets that it's like almost impossible to put personality into it because they have so many tickets. They're go, 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 go. And it's like, how do you stop and put some personality in it if it's if you're so go, go, go? That would be number one. Number two would be automate what the customers don't know is automated. So <laughs> that is like setting up in a lot of companies whenever I'm Companies come to me asking questions about CX. The, one of the things that I look at is their simply their contact us page on their website. And sometimes, uh, like you'll look at websites and it'll simply just be an email address and it says, you need help? Email us. Mm. Um, and then sometimes you'll see uh, like drop down boxes and asking multiple questions and everything or email us. So, uh, Setting up automations based on like your contact us page with whatever platform you use to manage your CX. Um, I use Gorgeous. I love it. Um, but you're able to, you can automate so much. And that's just like one aspect of it is like, look at your contact us page, mm. figure out, is it, is it welcoming? And mm. is, does it set your, your team up for success to be able to automate it on the back end to yeah. do things like, organize your tickets and prioritize your tickets, things like that. Um, those like two things of foundation uh, will really elevate your um, customer experience just from looking at those two things. I think the first one, like it's such a simple, simple one, but um, one thing you talked about that I think is really important, especially as volume picks up for brands going into, you know, this, the season of, of selling that we're going into over the next uh, couple months, um, or this month and next month, I guess, not overloading your team to the point where they can't actually deliver good, good impact and good results for the person that's contacting them because they're just bogged down and like, I just got to get through these tickets. And so what, what do you think about in general? Like what should be, and again, I think this is all like the, like uh, dependent on the, I don't know, the depth the rep needs to go into to answer a question, but how much should people, how much should reps actually be handling on a regular basis? Should it be 10 tickets a day? Should it be 20? Or is it really case by case in terms of like the impact that the tickets are going to have? Um, let me, sorry, I don't want it to be an editing disaster. I'm going to make sure my dog doesn't bark anymore and then I'll answer that. It's okay. <laughs> hey, you're okay. You're okay. Okay. <laughs> sorry. I was like, oh my gosh, if she's barking, there's no way this is going to be edited. 
all, all, all good. All good. I mean, you should see how many times my son, before he started going to school, would come in here and kind of poke his head in. And there was no way to edit around because it was like, I didn't know he was coming in. Um, so totally understand. Okay. Uh, so the question is, how many tickets do you think is like reasonable, reasonable for? Okay. Yeah. So this is a really, this is like FAQ of CX. Yeah. And it's a very interesting topic because you do want to find that happy medium. And there's a huge range of topics and things that people reach out to CX about. And then there's also different levels of things that um, support reps do on the inside. So yeah. if there's a ton of different tickets that you can just respond like right away, um, that's like people partnerships, people asking for discounts, people just um, don't remember their password, things like that. It's like super quick. What uh, They're inevitable. Like no matter what you do on your website, like people are still going to reach out about those things. They're so quick. Um, but then if you get into like uh, consumer packaged goods, there's usually or there should be. This is another thing that you should you should do if you don't have. Um, there should be a process of if someone reaches out with some some type of like manufacturer issue or maybe some type something wrong with the product uh, that ticket. Every single one of those tickets should be taken, like logged, get all the information you can get from the customer, log yeah. it in an organized manner so that you can look back at it and report yeah. that back to operations. And yeah. so things like that, depending on the product, um, tickets like that can take up to like five to 10 minutes, like from start to finish. So yeah. it depends on your, your, the bulk of your tickets. Uh, mm. But what I usually do is take a, um, like I'll do an audit of what the average resolution time, um, mm -hmm. once you're in a good spot, you get all your automations, um, what the average resolution time when you feel like it's good, your brand voice is there. Um, mm -hmm. and then multiply or add it all together, divide it by how many working hours, mm -hmm. whatever. That's where I, I like to do it for like each place. Um, mm -hmm. but typically like anywhere between, like, I think, 40 to 75 tickets is like mm. manageable. Once yeah. you get past that 75, in my opinion, um, that's where it gets kind of hard uh, because yeah. you don't want your reps to be stressed out either. Um, yeah, yeah. That's it's like real. huge. Don't overwork your reps because it, yeah. it just, it's just a mess after that. Well, I think that it's funny. There's two undersold um, or underappreciated um, jobs in terms of like being the front lines of, of of a company's communication with customers. One is a social media manager. The other one is a um, like a, C a CX rep where they're actually dealing with customers on a day-to-day -day basis where your product, you know, they get it once a month and that's kind of what ops touches, et cetera. If you're in a subscription business even, um, mm -hmm. those other people are dealing regularly with community and like community conversations. Um, and the more you overwork them, the less they're able to have a more curated, handheld, handcrafted approach. So yeah, definitely feel that that's, um, yeah, that's really, really important. What about, so we, we also talked about automation. So you said automate the things that people don't expect to be automated. Could we unpack that a little bit? I think that's a really, really, it's counterintuitive to me. But once you said it, it, may, it makes a lot of sense because people aren't looking for it there, so they won't be bothered by it there. 
but they're looking for certain things to be automated. And we're like, oh God, this thing's fucking automated again. I don't want to talk to a bot. I want to talk to a person. So essentially you're finding, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're finding efficiencies in the places that are low hanging fruit and that people won't be bothered by. And then giving, essentially taking that time and giving it back in the places where they don't want automations. Is that what I'm hearing? Yep. And it's more of, yeah, just the the customer facing front. Like you said, you don't mm-hmm. want people to come to your site and be like, I can't contact anyone. Like, this is so frustrating. I wish I could just yeah. call and get someone on the phone. Yeah. Um, that's what you're trying to avoid. But yeah. the things that are happening on the back end where like your customers have no idea what's going on on the back end. They don't care. They just want their problem fixed or they just want their voice heard. Um, and that those are things like... Um, the simplest that I think most companies already have, and if you don't, you should, are those FAQs, those um, frequently asked questions. Like those are like the customer will just Google. They don't want to talk to you to find those yeah. answers. So yeah. that that's definitely like automate that. Make sure you're you're auditing that continuously. But then uh, going back to like the uh, insider mm-hmm. backend automations is taking something like making sure that your contact us page is efficient. And then once the, the customer fills all of that out, what happens next to that form? Does it mm-hmm. just go to an inbox and you use all that information? Or yeah. does it trigger a series of events of if this customer selected partnership? Does it yeah. automatically give them that partnership information in a yeah. in an on-brand way? Or does yeah. it, uh, did they select wholesale? Can mm-hmm. you send them the wholesale or send them where they need to go? Or do yeah. you even need to contact them? Yeah. Um, if it's a manufacturer issue, do you, do you put an urgent tag on that and yeah. make sure that they're they're prioritized? Yes. Yeah. Uh, all of that can all of that like in between to help organize mm-hmm. all your tickets can be automated. Mm-hmm. Your customers yeah. have no idea that they're automated, but yeah. they do know that they're getting a faster uh, response time and their their problem is getting solved quicker. And that's the goal. That's the goal. That's the what, goal. Uh, what, um, what do you think people don't think about or what do people and brands not think about when they're like thinking about investing or wiring up CX um, that feels almost stupid or almost too simple and you like it frustrates you? Um, I can think of like 20 things across multiple, you know, verticals within a company, but this specifically, what would you want, if you could give every person to do one thing, what would you want them to do? Um, my, so many things just went through my brain that I like, can't even pick on, pick one. Uh, but if you were talking like an investor, I think simply is create what your consumers want, not what you want. And that's like huge with that feedback loop we keep talking about is like, what do your customers actually want versus like, what's your vision? And you need to have like a happy medium uh, because those that's who's and you can get all of that through your CX and you could get it through people complaining, but you could also get it through things like surveys and like surveying your customers. Mm -hmm. Um, But then on top of that, like kind of on the same front, but also different. Uh, retention is so important mm-hmm. and investors, I think a, a, a lot of times focus on that, like growth, 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 which is yeah. important, but like finding that, that like 
retention growth almost that yeah. lifetime value of your customers and like yeah. what can you do to keep every single customer like yeah. the coolest thing is like people saying i have used your product since you guys came out like how yeah. what how do you get those customers and how do you retain yeah. all those consumers yeah i mean we we always talk about i talk about with a bunch, everyone is net revenue retention so essentially can you make sure that not not only do those customers from like say the on August 2022 cohort um, stick around but expand. So for instance, for for jumps, do they start with one product and then go to three? Or do they take the small product and because they love it so much and they love the experience so much, go and triple the size of that same order for that same product? Um, and that's where kind of the magic is, and it's what we talked about, which I think like is a great topic to move into is one thing I think CX is really undersold as, and I would love your thinking on this is it's both a marketing channel and it's a sales channel and everyone like we're talking about tickets a lot, right. And automations for experience uh, across, across the web, but you get to have the front lines with customers. You get to understand what they're saying, what moves them, what they want slash need, and how you can, you know, obviously put that into acquisition strategy, but also work on re retention strategy and expansion strategy in bringing in net new customers or expanding them to bring more revenue into the business. So how do you think about that, um, both in terms of operating and then do you think that enough brands or is it enough brands are thinking of it that way or it just kind of, not because I said it, but just the best brands are thinking about it that way. <laughs> yeah, I think that def not enough brands are thinking about it at all. Uh, and it's a very interesting topic because you can do it in so many different ways. Uh, you can listen to your customers. It, the simple way is like, you know that if, if you don't make that customer happy, they're not going to shop with you. But that's like the simple, but if you're already talking to a customer, just throwing in those little like pieces, like for chops, for example, we do a lot of like, oh, my favorite flavor is this. Or like, even when we, uh, we, in a lot of companies dealt with this, but, um, we had a lot of inventory struggles yeah. this past year. And, um, we knew that on our site, customers were probably go coming to our site and not, might not find the flavor that they wanted. So I set up a bot, a chat bot, and this is another automation that customers don't know is automated. Um, if the customer was sitting on the page for a certain amount of time, uh, the chat bot would pop up and say, hey, are you finding everything you're looking for? Can I help you find mm -hmm. a flavor? So like yeah. that is revenue right there. It's like if yeah. if your customer, if you, if you look at your conversion rates on your site, like however many people are visiting your site and look at that and then see what you can do to offer them some help on the site. Like that's revenue right there. Uh, again, I use gorgeous and gorgeous actually has like a revenue. Uh, you can track how much revenue is coming in from CX. Um, and it's really interesting to see, you can dive into all of those tickets and see like, Oh, did, did Kate suggest a flavor to this customer and did they buy it? And how much money did they spend? And the average dollar, that these customers are spending is high, way higher than our uh, our average value just if they didn't talk to us. Um, and that's because I I think is because they're creating connections with us. Um, Kate is one of our support reps and she is 
So like I always say, she has this like maternal feel to her. Like every customer is like a child or a friend. Like she connects so well with the consumers and they just have the best things to say about her. You look at those tickets and see that they purchased after they talked to her, like building those connections with your consumers. Like you look at your, the, uh, your competitors and like, are they, are they building? That's just one more thing that you have um, on top of your, your, uh, your competitors. You said something I think is like massive with this, which is connection. And marketing is about connection. Closing sales deals is about connection. Everything is about connection. And too often we get very deep into the science of building these things and not enough. So this is something I, anyone who's listened to this, all episodes is, understands this about me. I, I love to think about the qualitative side of things and synthesize it with the quantitative side of things. Um, but connection is a really, really important thing to think about, especially with customer experience and indexing there. Because all the automations on the back end, you, you build them, everything is, you know, as scientific as it possibly can be. But the approach always has to remain incredibly human. And I think in a world where we're very stretched, everything is kind of uh, pulled, like and we're pulled in many different directions. Giving a human customer experience can be the difference between someone who stays around for one month to three months and someone who stays around for, uh, for 12 months to 24 months. And essentially, how quickly can you reinvest that capital into acquiring another customer? only because you made them feel seen and heard through the customer experience of exactly that bot that you said. They've, they're struggling to figure something out. Maybe there are inventory issues, so they're not going to get the flavor that they're used to. Can I make them feel like I'm here for them, right? And I'm connecting with them, understanding their struggle. So like, imagine, I mean, if you go somewhere and you're like, dude, this is the thing I get every month and it's gone. And it's like, oh, well, we have these things too. They're very similar. All right, yep. I trust these guys already. Let's do it. Versus, uh, I don't have the thing that I want. Bounce. I'll go find it somewhere else. I'll try a new product. Um, exactly. And I think that's a really, really smart, really, really smart, um, real smart call out there. I have uh, two examples on like both sides. Yeah. Uh, one is so the last like couple months, maybe it's been six months now. Um, I also took over uh, managing the. SMS and email. And I was looking at our customers who hadn't purchased from us before our inventory, or they hadn't purchased from us since we had inventory issues. And I was trying to like see what we can do to like win back those customers, or maybe they're, they're ordering in store. Um, so I did this kind of like sunset email and I did only, it was text only. It was from me, Zoe from Chomps. Um, and I just simply asked them, um, like, are you, are you still interested in, in purchasing with us? If so, I gave them a coupon. These are customers who hadn't purchased in a while. Um, but if you're not interested in buying, that's okay too. Uh, if you still want to be on the email list, uh, please reply and just let me know how you're doing. Uh, if you're, if you want to tell me your pet's name, <laughs> and I think I said something else like silly, like what, what are your favorite, ha- what have you been up to lately? And people loved it. They, I got actually way too many responses. Like I thought these were like people who hadn't engaged with us in so long that I'm like, 
nobody's going to respond to it. I'm going to put like the silliest stuff in this email. And people were sending me pictures of their dogs. They were telling me what hobbies they were. They're telling me that they are purchasing in store. Um, and like we won back a bunch of customers that way, just like you said, building that connection. But on the other side of that, I, I'm a weirdo and I do experiments with like, if I have some type of like problem with a, a, a brand, I'm very empathetic. Like I understand, but I'll, I'll say like goofy things. Yeah. Um, I had, I was ordering these bracelets. Um, <laughs> this is like really funny. I, funny, but sad. I was ordering these bracelets for me and my boyfriend. They were taking forever. And I was like, I wonder what they would do if I emailed them and said that I, um, my boyfriend and I broke up and I don't want the bracelets anymore. It's taken forever. Like, how do, how do you, like, this was like a boyfriend, girlfriend, like bracelet thing yeah. taking so long. I sent them an email. I was like, my boyfriend and I broke up. Uh, it looks like the order hasn't shipped yet. It didn't ship yet. And, uh, like these bracelets will go to waste. Uh, do you mind if I cancel the order? They didn't say anything about my, <laughs> they didn't care at all. They were just like, this order will ship soon. And that was it. Oh my God. And I was like, that's oh. so mean. Like if that, if I got that email or if Katie got that email, she would be like, she would send them flowers. Like, oh. so that, like yeah. this experience happened to you. But that's For like, sure. it's interesting to see that like, customers or support reps and customer experience they don't even read your email sometimes oh like no 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 they no, don't no, care no. <laughs> they, don't, they don't give um they don't give my dad told me I have to cuss less on this show they don't give an f about you no most they don't of give the f word yeah. yeah they don't give an f word exactly about. um I, mean, I think that's why when you get that experience like you're talking about it cuts through so much is people crave I don't know, belonging and connection. Um, and I think even more so in the last couple of years, just based on, you know, the world we've lived in where we haven't been able to, I mean, this is why Live Nation is making like money hand over foot is because people want to go see events and be out and why hotels are able to charge three times what they charged even before COVID because people are like, oh, I'm going. It doesn't matter. Nothing is stopping me. Similarly, the customer the teams that have customer experience dialed, the LTV is crazy. And the, I think this is the number one thing people, the virality of the, of the brand is crazy. And so I always look at CX also as kind of a word of mouth driver that can reduce ac customer acquisition costs. Like really it's a built in secret weapon for brands that do it well. Um, I think the, like, I want to ask you this as like our closing one. Um, actually, I won't even say my answer because I want to hear what you, but what in your mind is kind of the biggest misconception about CX teams and where it sits and how important it is to the business? Biggest misconception. I think that it goes back to what I said before is that you, they think that it's just dealing with angry people. Um, yeah. and that you need, and then also that companies need to pay reps minimum wage because it's an easy job or it's like an entry-level job. Like, that's like another thing is just like, 
you'll see an immense difference based on like treating your your experience, your support teams with like all the respect that you would treat like your VP of marketing because you're they're the front line of people who are talking to your consumers. So and if you don't treat them right, how do you think they're going to treat your consumers? Like that's like a you know what I mean? Um, And I've seen it happen before is like if you're if your support team gets sour for some reason, good luck because they're not going to be giving their all to when they communicate with your consumers. Oh, I can 100 percent verify that that is the case. Um, It is not. And by the way, by the way, you can see this bear out in a lot of um, a lot of old companies because of the Mm -hmm. old way of a way of doing things where it's. By the way, I worked at one of these companies one time, a long, a long time ago, um, where reps were literally timed on how quickly they could get in and out of a call because you wanted, because you're trying to, and how quickly you could get a customer to stop talking about like canceling or getting a refund, et cetera. So it was more about the speed of getting them off the phone than fixing their issues. And what that does is just a negative feedback loop continuously, right? You're getting them into a cycle of negativity. And so um, I think like what you've given me here is almost a more joyful approach to CX for people and that it's a huge, a huge and has a massive impact the actual business, both in terms of happy customers for retention, but also um, acquisition, right? Because of word of mouth and marketing opportunities that the CX team can actually help you um, pull in through those amazing experiences they're having with the current customers and like long-term customers. Um, and so I think that's like, for me, the biggest summation here is it is a, essentially a, a way to touch, to connect, better word, to connect with current and, and, um, and prospective customers, um, in a way that feels more organic than some of the ways that we, you know, acquire customers today or retain them. Yeah. And I, uh, this, I'll keep this short because this could be a whole nother podcast, but, um, I've been thinking about this a lot because, uh, both at ghost and at chumps, um, pretty, like pretty good social presence too. And I do a lot of collaboration with the social team and, um, kind of like building that community, it almost like all falls into one. And like you were saying, like the social media team is like a lot of times undervalued um, yeah. because you you hire one social media manager and they're supposed to do all social media. Yeah. But in reality, like each social platform should almost have their own because it's a job in itself. Uh, but that social media is definitely another avenue where you you're talking to your consumers but that's another avenue like you said of revenue um i went to d to c d to c x retain um and i learned something that was like so basic that i was like why aren't we doing this and like why isn't every company doing this um i think the company's called glamnetic they sell like uh uh magnetic eyelashes and um i don't know it's like girly things but every single person who follows them on social media they reach out to and like welcome them yeah and that i'm like why don't we do that those are people that are already interested in your brand they're following you for a reason like 
why don't you welcome them? Like, and yeah. make them feel, and you don't even have to give them a discount or like you can, if you want to, to track it and everything, but like, that's free. Like literally like everyone's talking about how high like acquisition, like CAC is now, like yeah. it's so expensive to yeah. hire social media influencers. Now it's so expensive for yeah. paid media, but like, yeah. we're not looking at our basics of like people who are literally yeah. following us for free from the word yeah. of mouth, from seeing us everywhere. Like yeah. we're not even taking advantage of these like free things that we're doing. I'm like, Everyone, we all need to open our eyes. <laughs> yeah, I think stop spending money and and just deal what you, deal with what you've got. Well, you've inspired a couple of things that I'm gonna test myself and see how they work for B two B. And maybe we'll do a follow up, just uh, reviewing my experiments, where you can tell me like Chase, you're a moron. Uh, these were you <laughs> wired these up completely wrong. Here's how you fix them. Um, or we're gonna be like, man, we're just swimming like uh, Scrooge McDuck in money because of these tests Zoe told us to run. Um, so Zoe, this was, this was killer. Um, I got a huge amount of value, which means that everyone else will get even more because our, our uh, listeners are so intelligent um, and, and great business operators. Where can they reach out to you or follow along um, so they can get more of this great stuff that you've been sharing? Yeah, um, I can, I've been tweeting a lot lately. So Twitter, yeah. my uh, Twitter is underscore Zoe Khan underscore B-O-E-K-A-H-N. Yeah. Um, and then my LinkedIn, I like LinkedIn, um, it's just Zoe Khan. Um, and if there's any nerdy gamers out there, um, I actually stream on Twitch and I usually don't talk about uh, <laughs> C2B stuff, good. but... Or DTC stuff, but I will if you come um, hang out with me on my Twitch. Uh, and right. my Twitch name is Agave Zoe. Agave, like the plant that makes tequila. Yeah. Zoe, my name. Okay, <laughs> cool. Um, maybe we'll do another pod just about uh, what the affinity for agave is, because I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm interested now. Or I'll, I'll come watch you stream and ask you that question. Um, okay, we can do yeah. that. Well, this was, this was a blast. I really want to thank you for um, sharing all the amazing things that you've learned and, and um, all the stuff that we can be focused on with CX. I think it's underloved, underappreciated, and underutilized in terms of building businesses. And we'll have to do this again. I want to I wanna dig in even more because I think we only scratched the surface. Oh, yeah. We can definitely dig in a lot. That's it for this episode of Ad Creative. Thanks so much to Zoe for joining us. If you want to share this with anybody or if you want to like and subscribe, please do so on whatever your podcast channel is. If you have any questions about what we've spoken about or anything else, please reach out to me. And if you want to follow Zoe, we'll have her handle in the show notes. Thanks for sharing this time with us. If you got to the end, you rock. Have a good one.